0: This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world.
1: This is How We See It. Our guest today is Rob Reynolds from Studio 316 and also CrossBoss Media. Now, CrossBoss Media is a dynamic new Christian media company. Well, how new is it? Established in 2018, September of 2018, so going on five years. Nice. Nice. And you're committed to providing children primarily age 7 to 12 with a safe outlet to discover Christ through, imagine this, fun, wholesome entertainment. What is that?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Well, if you really just take the context right now, Deacon Mike, there is a lot of harmful media, right? And you could ask, what is that, right? And it's broadly, there's a broad spectrum of it. And I thought to myself, it's oversimplifying to say one day, but having kids of my own, having been a teacher in my previous years, just seeing the amount of harmful media out there and the lack of wholesome content, which is really how I'd encompass it. It's it's content that leaves kids laughing or edified through the message and is ultimately Christian, is ultimately drawing them to a deeper relationship with Christ.
1: I have heard some horrific stats of little kids are being exposed to pornography and that People don't realize that scars them literally for life.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can imagine it would. I mean, there is so much going on. A few years back, I think it might have been 2021, there was a Blues Clues episode on the Gay Pride Parade and a whole segment on that with a fun song. And it was just over the top. A drag queen was singing it. And this was geared towards three to five-year-old audience. Now, what three to five-year-old in the world is, that's not even on the radar sexuality, you know? So
1: it shouldn't this, be. No.
0: And this stuff is very intentional, you know? So we have to be intentional as well with what we create.
1: So Rob, as often happens, you were in a completely different line of work, real estate, right? That's right. Yeah. But you at some point started feeling called to do something different. God was calling you for a different path. Talk about that.
0: Sure. Sure. A quick snapshot of my professional life. Out of college, I became a teacher, taught in New York in the Bronx and then in Westchester County for seven years. Six of those seven years, I was doing real estate on the side. I thought it would be quote unquote passive income, but it was anything but passive. And two and a half years into it, the real estate recession hit. Very stressful next few years, but I was in it and I had a young family And it was fight or flight, and I said, I'm going to make this work. So we did, and fast forward to 2010, my brother Peter and I, Peter graduated law school at the time, and he was really the spearhead, and we decided to go really lean in on real estate. So in 2011, we moved down to Tampa, Florida, which is where we live now, and we built a real estate company. We owned and managed apartment communities throughout Florida, Texas, a couple other states. It was very fulfilling, I was very edified by that. I led with my faith. I was president of the company. In 2018, when I left, we had about 450 employees. So it was a big commitment with a lot of promise going forward, a lot of job security. And I went on a silent retreat, Deacon Mike. It was an eight day silent retreat, Ignatian spiritual exercises in Massachusetts. And I had an encounter with Christ in the Eucharist during adoration, and it just
1: redirected me. Talk about that more. Talk about the episode of adoration. What was going on in your mind and in your heart?
0: For years, I wanted to do an extended silent retreat, and I just kept pushing it off, probably because of fear, to be honest. I mean, there was an element of, I can't just leave work that long. I can't leave the family that long. But really, I think when it comes down to it, I was afraid of that silence that amount of time and probably a false sense of importance in my job and
1: and other places. You can't get away. Right. Did you want to take the retreat or were you feeling called to take the retreat? I
0: think there was a desire, right? There was a desire, but I didn't necessarily want to do it. It wasn't convenient, but I had the desire. So I booked it. It was probably three and a half or four months out. And somebody told me at some point, like, if you have a desire to do a retreat, book it now. It doesn't matter if it's a year out or what, book it now, because you're a lot more likely to do it than if you wait last minute and say, oh, I'm going to do it. So that's what I did. and. I went in very unassumingly. I didn't expect anything in particular to happen. It was just a desire that was on my heart for a long enough time that I'm like, you know, I should do this, so I did it. To describe the experience, I was just praying in adoration. One of the gospel passages I was praying on was doing Lectio Divina, which is essentially just praying with scripture, right? So I'm reading Luke chapter five, the calling of Simon Peter, and talks about, Jesus says, go out into the deep and cast your nets simon just had a night of catching no fish and here's jesus the preacher saying go out and catch your nets again he's like yeah all right i'll patronize you and go do it one more time does it catches the biggest catch in his career almost sinks his boat and the other boat and he gets down on his knees and realizing this guy is not just a preacher and he says you know depart from me a sinner but then it was the next part where jesus says to him drop your nets and come catch men and honestly, Deacon Mike, it was almost like these words jumped out of the pages. And it was like, he was personally talking to me. I wasn't looking for something like that. I was just casually reading it. I've read it or heard it countless times in my life. And it was just very personal so much so that I almost looked behind me. Like, are you talking to me? Like what? And I told you the context of my real estate career and how I was leading with my faith. So I'm like, not me. Like, I'm glorifying you where I am in real estate, and I can use this platform to glorify you. And it was an immediate rebuttal in my head. You know, often God speaks in your voice, but it's not your thoughts, you know, very clearly not your thoughts. And this rebuttal came immediately after my objection. And it was Simon Peter just caught the biggest catch in the history of the Sea of Galilee. That wasn't food for his table, that was money in his pocket. He's a fisherman. That's job security, local notoriety. For That catch, he has this financial security from it as well. He could have used that platform in Galilee to glorify me, too. I want you to drop your nets and come catch, man. I was like, Oh, okay, <laughs> you know, and that was it. I mean, there was definitely this where am I going, this uncharted water bit, but there came with it a deep sense of peace and joy of like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want my life to be a witness to God and to his love for me and to his love for mankind. And I want to be a saint, you know? And I'm like, this is what life's about, is about answering the call. So we made it pretty clear. I didn't know what was next. I just knew I had to leave real estate for more of like a ministerial evangelization front.
1: At some point though, Simon Peter also has the story where he has to step out of the boat and start walking on the water. Mm -hmm. And that's a leap of faith. So at some point you had to make a leap of faith more than just praying in adoration. You had to actually make that first step on the water.
0: After the retreat ended, two days later, I had to go back and talk to my wife about that. She was very supportive. Then I had to talk to my brother. I didn't know where he would stand on it, and frankly, I had no leverage in the negotiation. I was like, being called to do this, I got to do it. Surprisingly to me, I don't know if surprising or not, but he was very supportive as well. He was like, wow, you know, he's taken back. We're a year apart, and he's known me for his whole life. So he knew this wasn't just Rob coming back from another weekend saying God spoke to him, you know, so... He supported and then it took me, Deacon Mike, the next probably a couple months of really discerning, actively discerning, not like just praying on my bed and waiting for a door to knock, you know, but like going out like, all right, where do I fit with talents has God given me and experiences? And it led to media. As a teacher, I'd seen all sorts of social media in particular, these high school students just see just the damage it was doing to them right in the classroom. On top of that, I had a number of children of my own my wife was pregnant with our sixth at the time, all girls. And I would overhear her frustration with just her venting about it And then her friends as well, just saying, I can't even get stuff done around the house without worrying about what's going to pop up on the commercials or what messaging is going to be twisted into the show they're watching. And I just started thinking to myself, you know, I could either keep complaining about this or I can do something about it.
1: You've had a heart of bringing people healing and God's peace for a while. You were pre-med in college?
0: I was pre-med in college, that's right, yeah. So what interested me in medicine was, yeah, helping people, that social interaction and leaving people better off than they were. And then I ended up going into teaching for much of the same reasons. And teaching the financial part wasn't what it would be for a doctor. So that's what was the impetus for a side job, which became real estate, you know.
1: So you've gone from pre-med where you would have made lots of money Mm -hmm. to then teaching where you were making less Mm -hmm. to real estate where ups and downs, but you were doing really well for yourself Sure. to kind of just walking on the water, throwing it out there.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting you bring up that verse because that came up as well early on. So there's four founding partners, myself and Shevin McCullough. Shevin, a good friend of mine from college, we both went to Franciscan University of Steubenville. And he actually wasn't Catholic at the time. He converted four years after graduating. He was from the town though. It was the convenience of being local. He had to care for his grandmother. But he just had this, he was just the life of the party, so to speak. Very loud, boisterous guy, very funny. And he was very musical. You know, he was into hip hop at the time. And But I knew in real estate, he was this extremely gifted artist collecting dust. Making a difference, no doubt. But like, man, talk about, God-given gifts that aren't being used, which happens to artists very often, right? So through something my wife Maria said one day when Mr. Rogers came up on the TV and she's like, oh, Shevin could totally do that. And I'm like, man, Shevin's totally different from Mr. Rogers, you know? (laughs) And she goes, yeah, but that's true, but he's like the kid whisperer and he's lighthearted, he's on fire with the faith, he's great in front of the camera and he's very musical. And that's kind of what really honed in my focus of like, Whoa, this could, this could be something. So I was with Chevin early on and he was dabbling with it, And then he had his own separate encounter months later after mine. And he called me after and he's like, I got to do this. Wow. Let's do this. So there was a lot of trust and there still is a lot of trust involved. I mean, it's so much more built out now, but there's still so much we need to learn, but we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Simon Peter was able to walk on water because his eyes were fixed on Jesus. And once he started paying attention to all the noise, the reality, I would say, of why our media company is not going to succeed, once you start listening to that, you're taking your eyes off Jesus and you start sinking. So you just gotta, you just gotta walk with trust.
1: So Studio 316 has spread across the nation now. Did you see that happening from the beginning?
0: This whole thing for me has been a response. It's been a response to the Holy Spirit, a response to Jesus, a response to a call. Out of the gates, Deacon Mike, and unwaveringly, I know I'm called to do this. I know there's a market and there's a huge need and demand for this. But frankly, on occasion, I'll look up and be like, are you sure you got the right guy here? You know, why don't you convert Steven Spielberg or like these great filmmakers that can incorporate this stuff, but that's how the Lord works. And it's a consolation to me. And frankly, that's there's pride there, right, for me to even question God's providence or choice. You know, it's a qualified-the-chosen type of thing, yeah.
1: Right, but I kind of view it as the opposite of pride because you're being humble enough to realize, like, you know, I can't really do much here. So I think that's healthy.
0: That's true, right, but I guess the pride element is questioning God. I mean, if I knew I was called to do this, then just walk with faith, man. Don't question. But, yeah, that's kind of, did I imagine? I couldn't really envision how it's going to turn out. And I'm not really a five or 10 year planning type of guy. You know, I'm not a five year goal, 10 year goal. Fortunately, I'm not, right? Because this was not in my one year. If I had a one year goal in 2018, it wasn't part of it. It allows me to pivot with the Holy Spirit. My goal is heaven. So I want to answer God's call. That's where I want to be ultimately. And I want to draw as many people in that direction as possible. I want to I be an instrument.
1: We're talking with Rob Reynolds from Studio 316 and CrossBoss Media. You've received some very important endorsements for your plan, including from Bishop Parks right here in the diocese. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that.
0: We created this program. So CrossBoss Media is our company, right? And Studio 316 is a product that we created. And we wanted it to have just a world-class level production. We call it produced at a Hollywood level. Yet we also wanted it to be very educational, engaging, entertaining, educational. So we built this out and we planned to market it through the mainstream market, kind of a pay it forward type thing that The Chosen, for instance, is known for doing. And we did that for a few months and it was just a national launch like that with marketing and all it was so costly. I just didn't feel in the spirit of stewardship. I was like, I'm not being a great steward of people's capital and doing this. And people throughout kept saying, you need to get this into Catholic schools. And I was resistant at first because fortunately, if I had thought I was making this for Catholic schools, it would have probably looked like everything else in Catholic schools. Instead, I wanted it to compete with the mainstream. So the quality that went into the production of it and all was for that, call it evening audience or whatever. So we built this. And then once it finally hit after enough chipping at my hard skull, it was like, wow, yeah, this, there is nothing like this in Catholic schools for religion. And these kids are going into these English language arts classes, the English, the history, they're going into the math, science and all this. And there's amazing resources for teachers and very engaging for kids, very well produced. Then they go to religion and these religion teachers do not have resources like that at all at their disposal. There are resources, but they're not produced like that and they're not engaging like that what does that tell kids? This is not, not as important.
1: It's boring. Yeah.
0: And this is not that important. You know, it's like, that's what we want to leave our kids in Catholic school about religion. I'm like, it's the opposite. So we brought this into the Catholic school religion classroom. Next year, we're bringing into faith formation and Sunday school, formerly known as CCD. But this year we brought it last in August of 2022. Since our launch into schools, we're now in Schools in 25 states, so half the country, and about, I think, 39 dioceses.
1: Is this a replacement of faith formation classes or a supplement?
0: Sticking with the Catholic schools, is it a replacement for the religion curriculum? No. So you have your core curriculum, your textbook, right? This is a supplemental resource for the existing curriculum. It's gospel-focused, so every lesson focuses on a Sunday gospel. And the whole idea is to draw kids into a deeper relationship with Jesus through the Gospels in an entertaining way. And they start off each lesson with Lexio Divina, with praying with Scripture, and the kids journal it. Then they watch an episode, we call it a lesson video, but it's essentially an episode that views like a sitcom, really. But it's all about Shevin journeying, he has to write a song on that Gospel passage and how it relates to our lives today. So he doesn't get it, though. So it takes the course of an episode for him to discover the truth of the gospel and how it relates to life today. And then it ends with a music video. Then the kids have reflection questions, your short answers, your multiple choice, that type of thing. And then we end with an apply section, applying the gospel. And the kids have to write what they're going to do and then discuss what they've done days later. So it's all about living the gospel, right? And how are we supposed to live the gospel if we don't understand how the gospels relate to our lives today? our mission here was let's help them understand how the gospels relate and then let's challenge them to live it
1: christian movies over the last maybe five or six years the technology has changed so much it wasn't too long ago where most christian movies were pretty cheesy this is something along the lines except on an educational part that you're doing with your company right
0: yeah yeah on a bigger scale that's what we're doing focusing strictly on studio 316 yeah we wanted it to be high quality there's lightheartedness to our material as well, because I think you have to meet kids where they're at. I mean, look, Jesus throughout the gospels, he went and he ate with the sinners. That's what he came for, but he didn't stay there. He met them where they're at, but then he draws them deeper. And that's the whole idea here. And through music, laughter, those types of things, high production quality to engage. That's what we have to do. We have to engage our youth. We have to engage our young people. Then they'll listen, like once they find a connection, they'll listen. And you don't have to do a song and a dance all the time, but you do have to hook them in. And once you hook them, now you can be who you are and they'll be listening.
1: World Youth Day is coming up. Are you going?
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. In fact, Shevin, so we produce a lot of this music and the music that's produced from each episode, from each music video on the gospel, we release that on Spotify as well and Apple Music, You know, so that it's reinforced outside of the classroom but we also have a few full-length songs. Months ago, probably in September of 22, Father Rob Gallia from Australia, who is an amazing musician with a very large international audience, was connected with us through a mutual friend. We got on a Zoom call. He was starstruck by Chevin and just what we're putting out. And this is a man, this is his fourth World Youth Day Father Rob is gonna be performing at. And he said, what you guys are doing there at Studio 316 That's what these kids need, the engagement level, the production quality, and the music. And he said, I would love to collaborate a song with you. So Shevin wrote a song called Emmanuel Forever. He wrote the song, he produced the music for it as well. Father Rob Gallia created the hook, the chorus, and they collaborated on the song together. And then in March, Father Rob reached out to us and reached out to Shevin and said, I'd be honored if you would perform this with me at World Youth Day. So he's going to be performing Emmanuel Forever at World Youth Day in front of a conservatively an audience of 180,000 people directly in front of the stage right before the Way of the Cross ceremony, which is essentially Stations of the Cross on August 4th. And then we have booked a couple other times as well to perform various music that we're doing. So, yeah, we'll be there.
1: I'm sitting here thinking about you were selling real estate not long ago. (laughs)
0: yeah no kidding i mean the leapfrogging of venues too to get to world youth day i mean it's remarkable I mean, look this is how god works right and that wasn't on our radar seven months ago it's really remarkable
1: talk a little more about chevin his energy i mean is it sugar what is it seriously
0: i mean i refer to chevin as an event (laughs) (laughs) chevin is an event i mean the guy (laughs) it's amazing and he's like this all of the time when you watch Studio 316, it's the same guy. I think what's so effective is he's almost not acting at all. We have our director, our cinematographer, they come in from Hollywood, they come in from LA and they're working with us. And then we have a scripture scholar, Dr. John Bergsma, who makes sure the writing remains faithful, you know, to, to Catholicism. But these guys come in and, you know, Chevin will go off script, Chevin doing Chevin, and he just wins over people with it. I mean, he has the joy of the Lord.
1: So you it's know, not like the camera goes off, the lights go off, and all of a sudden he's a crankpot. pot. And no, <laughs> right.
0: No, not at all. Although he would say in more recent years, like he probably is an introvert to the degree of, I heard once recently that a good way to assess if you're an introvert or an extrovert is when you're in a big social setting, do you leave exhausted from it or energized? And Shevin definitely leaves exhausted. Hmm. And I leave energized. I'm much more of a casual kind of low-key personality. I can dive deep into conversation pretty quickly. Shevin is like loud, you know? And just, I mean, you know where Shevin is at all times. So you would think, oh man, this guy's super extroverted. Like, but no, he, he likes his kind of own space at the end of it all, just to kind of re-energize. But he really is genuine, he's authentic. I mean, he's daily mass goer. We all commit to that. We commit to an hour of quiet prayer a day as well. This is all for the Lord. So if we don't make time to keep him in the center, We could go adrift and that's the last thing we want
1: where does most of your filming take place
0: in our studio so our studio located here in tampa we built it out we had a designer the lady raquel tuati horowitz who designed our set she was the lead set designer for nickelodeon years ago and after that she was one of the lead set designers for mtv i got connected to her providentially she designed her set and it's awesome. It looks like a music studio that resonates with kids, you know? So that's where, yeah, that's where all the filming takes place. And in coming seasons, we'll build more sets out.
1: For World Youth Day, Emmanuel? Forever. Forever.
0: Yeah, yeah Emmanuel forever. So the creation of that song, basically Father Rob Gallia, who wanted to collaborate a song with Shevin, he approached Shevin with this concept and he had this chorus in mind, this, this hook, as we'd call it of Emmanuel forever. So Shevin built the whole song around that. Our music video is going to drop on August 4th at 315 AM. So we couldn't get 316 AM, but 315 AM, So, which is the day that we're going to debut it at World Youth Day. And it's a powerful video, but the song is about God doesn't just fulfill all our needs. He always desires to fulfill our desires you know, and we wanted to capture this through an earthly father, you know, the image of an earthly father with a son and observing that the father providing like most dads and mothers and parents providing what kids need, but the dad also observing this kid's desire. And by the end, revealing that he fulfills that desire, just like God is desiring to fulfill our desires. So Emmanuel forever means God is with us forever. So a parallel story of that in a very Real sense, in the most intentional sense, is the Eucharist. In the Eucharist, God is with us always, forever. But this parallel story of Shevin journeying and ultimately receiving Jesus in the Eucharist by way of Father Rob.
1: Which was really a yeah. true story for Shevin.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. indeed.
1: How can people learn more about Crossboss Media and Studio 316?
0: simple studio 316.com so studio 316.com that has all of our content but it also has because we're gearing up for world youth day it's tailored for that as well on the landing page and you can follow us there throughout that and we're on spotify as well studio 316 apple music so
1: rob thanks for coming in thanks so much deacon mike safe travels to you our guest today has been rob reynolds from studio 316 and Crossboss media and this is how we see it Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by
0: supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com
1: slash how we see it.